Blazers Nation. I'm Jack Winder, your Portland Trailblazers beat writer for Clutch Points, and this is the second episode of Talking Trailblazers, which frankly should be a much more fun episode than uh, than last week's debut show, because the Trailblazers are no longer on one of the league's longest losing streaks. They are now on a two-game winning streak, as crazy as it uh, seems to say, given their given their struggles in the season's early going here, after consecutive victories over the Charlotte Hornets on Friday, and then the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday, and we're going to get right into those games and those are going to be the focus of our show today because why not for a team like the Blazers that had lost 10 of its last 11 games let's say that again 10 of its last 11 games going into Friday's uh Friday's tilt with the Hornets any measure of success is not only notable but certainly worth uh, discussing in depth especially given the disparate nature of Portland's wins but their first one again came on Friday against the Charlotte Hornets that was a 125-116 victory that wasn't quite as close as the final score indicated the Blazers came out absolutely scorching from three taking a 20-point lead in their highest scoring first quarter of the season they won a blistering 16 to 25 from beyond the arc in the first half it was a team effort most marked by ben mclemore's count them six three-pointers in the second quarter alone that was a 20-point uh, second quarter in total for mclemore who's really been coming on of late here uh part of the part of the blazer success offensively stemmed from charlotte's poor transition defense and that's some of the worst in the league they really struggled getting back um getting back in transition and setting their defense in the half court, especially when the mellow ball was on the floor. Uh, but Portland just consistently took full advantage by pitching the ball ahead, playing with pace, and really attacking early in the shot clock. Uh, the Blazers led by 26 at halftime against the Hornets, and that's the type of massive margin that you would always expect to come down over the next two quarters. And that's indeed what happened, uh, but especially considering Portland's outlier shooting from three in the first half. And indeed, that uh, the, the Blazers did, did come back down to earth from beyond the arc. They just they shot just five of twenty two from beyond the arc after intermission, and the half court offense really, really bogged down, really bogged down against Charlotte, especially when Damian Lillard was off the floor. Anthony Simons, as much progress as he's made all around offensively this year, and specifically off the dribble, uh, his ability to his ability to initiate offense or really lack thereof at this point um, was really exposed against against Charlotte. He had trouble getting the Blazers into their offense uh, when, when Charlotte really amped up the pressure on the ball, um, you know, whether it was in the backcourt or really when he was just trying to trying to set up set up set up actions in the half court. Um, it got so bad, in fact, that uh, Chauncey Billups even resorted to Larry Nance bringing the ball up the floor. And that's something we've seen more of with CJ McCollum out and then more recently Dennis Smith Jr. out. But Larry Nance is as good as a playmaker he is and is adequate, I would say, a ball handler he is for a for a big of his uh, for a big of his kind of four and a half designation, if you will. He's you know he's not Draymond Green. He doesn't need to, <laughs> he doesn't need to be initiating offense for the Blazers from the top of the floor. Um, and unsurprisingly, the Blazers' defense also fell off a little bit after halftime against the Hornets. Uh, they forced. The Blazers forced the Hornets into 43% shooting before intermission, but allowed 53% shooting after halftime. Um, and, and that was in large part because Charlotte played Charlotte played five out with Miles Bridges at center, um, really taking advantage of Yusuf Nurkic's lack of foot speed and his just understandable desire, frankly, to not leave the paint uh, to guard to, to guard a player like Miles Bridges, who's who's really come into his own this season as a self creator. 
Thank goodness, though, that it didn't end up mattering in the end. The Blazers letting down a little bit after halftime. Damian Lillard was just too much. The Charlotte just had no answer for him whatsoever. His season-high 43 points were evenly split between the first and second half. Lillard just played with the combination of aggressiveness, control, and shot-making ability we hadn't seen yet this season. Uh, it got so bad for the Hornets that they even started running two defenders at him late, and even then he was still able to turn the corner around that second defender to make plays for himself or for himself or his teammates, whether at the rim or beyond the arc. He just just had it all going against Charlotte, um, and again, the the Hornets just had no no answer for him. Portland's 105-100 win over the Grizzlies on Sunday was much, much different than the one that broke its losing streak 48 hours earlier. And again, that's what makes it so impressive. Chauncey Billups was forced to take another early timeout in this game, though, um, which again, you certainly don't, you certainly don't want to see, especially in lieu, or excuse me, in wake of the Blazers recently changing their starting lineup, which has gone okay frankly, at best, um, and kind of the early sample size of, of that group. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't an encouraging showing for them. At the beginning of Sunday's game, they got out to a 19-8 to hole. And even after Billups took, that, took a timeout, Stephen Adams immediately got an end one on a pick and roll finish. So that's certainly not what he wanted to see uh, coming out of the time, coming out of the time out there, but the Blazers fought back behind another awesome start from Dame who had 17 points in the first quarter, picking up right where he left off against Charlotte. Uh, Port- Portland trailed by four after the first quarter and just one at halftime. And a big reason why was the bench unit of Simons, McLemore, Little, Covington, and Nance actually giving Portland a lead early in the second quarter before Lillard and Nurkic returned. That group was positive, uh, which is a, huge development for the Blazers. The Blazers obviously don't want to count on that going forward, winning non-Lillard minutes, especially when CJ McCollum's out. That's uh, that's that's not something they can anticipate going forward, let's just say that. But just the fact that they were able to execute well enough on both sides of the ball to turn a small deficit into a two or three point lead is a is a is a big is a big encouraging sign for the Blazers here as uh, as we pass the the third way mark of the season. And really a testament to their development on both sides of the ball and how much comfortable they're, how much more comfortable they're getting in Chauncey Billups' system. Now, energy played a, played a huge role in that. And that mostly came from Nasir Little and Robert Covington. Uh, they were just awesome in the second quarter, combining for 14 points and playing with palpable energy and physicality on both sides of the ball that Little has consistently brought all season, but for Covington has really just been has really been a hallmark of his game over the last five contests or so since he got sent to the bench, um, demoted to the bench, really, and Nance was promoted to the starting power forward. Uh, Norman Powell, he just was a major factor in this game, especially in the third quarter when he scored thir- 13 points on perfect five of five shooting to keep the Blazers close as Memphis tried to make a run. He did it pretty much however he wanted, uh, but it all came in the flow of the offense. He curled around an elbow handoff from Nurkic for a layup. He rejected a side ball screen for a baseline 20 footer earlier, early in the shot clock. He had a pull up three and high pick and roll and, when Lillard was working off the ball, he drained a triple from the left wing off a slick kickout from Dame in ball screen action. And then this is this is what Norm does best. He pushed the ball up the floor for an early attack, yielding yet another layup on the right side of the rim off elbow action with Nurkic. Now, this game hung in the balance late. 
But time and again, Portland did enough to ensure would have a real chance to steal a win on the road. Lillard's second four-point play of the game, yes, second four-point play of the game, gave the Blazers a lead with just over four minutes left. About 90 seconds of game time later, Covington forced a turnover by pressuring Jaron Jackson immediately on an early wing catch. And then Nasir Little. Nasir Little came out of nowhere for a pair of massive rebounds, one offensively that led to a layup from Nurkic and another that effectively sealed the game after Desmond Bain missed a game-tying attempt at three. Powell was huge in crunch time as well, scoring seven of his 28 points in the last five minutes, including a pair of right-wing jumpers after Lillard found him with cross-court kickouts. Now, Dame didn't quite have the jumper going like he did against the Hornets, but Still put together another vintage performance with 32 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Little and Covington were instrumental to this win, too. As previously discussed, they totaled 25 points, 17 rebounds, and six blocks between them, uh, with Covington especially really making an impact uh, with his hands in the paint, um, staying active in passing lanes, and really being an opportunistic, an opportunistic defender in Portland's scheme, yet not completely breaking the defensive string like he has so many times in the season's early going. Now, obviously, the Blazers were thrilled to play well enough early on Friday that they didn't need to tough out a victory against the Hornets. But what made Sunday's victory so encouraging is that they managed to do it against one of basketball's hottest, grittiest, and most physical teams, not only on the road, but after sailing, failing that same test against the Grizzlies a few days ago at Motor Center. But you don't need to take my word for it, and you've probably heard me talk long enough. So let's go to Chauncey Billups for his take on Portland's first road victory since all the way back on November 12th, which came against one of the league's worst teams at the time in the Houston Rockets. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was incredible. I mean, this is, as we know, a really good team. And uh, they've been good pretty much most of the year, closing games. Was in a tough dog fight against them a couple of days ago, and they they beat us at the you know they closed it out, and we didn't at the end. I thought we just showed just great resolve in this game. Uh, it it could have went a lot of different ways, but we just kept fighting. You know, we just kept kept fighting. We got defensive stops. We got Nas came up with some huge offensive rebounds. Uh, Dame got us off to a great start. You know, um, and we we knew at halftime. You know, somebody got to takes pressure off Dame and Norm was huge. He was big time on both ends of the floor. Uh, Norm was, he was big time. Obviously it's important to keep the context of both these wins in mind. Charlotte has the worst defensive rating in basketball and LaMelo Ball played just 29 minutes in his first game back from COVID-19. He was also dominant when he was, when he was on the floor as well. Memphis missed makeable jumpers all night in route to shooting nine of 34 from beyond the arc, including Desmond Baines, one of eight and Jaron Jackson Jr. was limited to just 20 minutes due to persistent foul trouble. And also remember that the Grizzlies are without John Morant as he nears, as he nears a return, nears a return from knee injury. But the last two games still mark tangible progress for Portland and speak to subtle improvements in effort and physicality they've been making for the last 10 days or so. The disparate nature of these victories shows that Portland can win splashing threes from all over the floor and when the game is a grind, when the game is a grind for both teams. These wins mark major strides for the Blazers, especially considering Lillard was the driving force behind them. And that's what we'll focus on in our second segment of the show.
Thanks for listening to Talking Trailblazers. We'll be right back after a very quick break. Rip City, Blazers Nation. We're back. This is Jack Winter, your Portland Trailblazers beat writer for Clutch Points. And for the second half of this week's show, I wanted to really home in on Lillard breaking out of his slump and what that means to the Blazers at large. On episode one last week, we talked a lot about Dame insisting he was feeling as good as he ever has in a long time, despite the fact he'd just returned from injury and was continuing to struggle from the field. He said similar things about how fresh his body was feeling after Sunday's game and definitely didn't seem at all surprised after exploding for 43 points and six threes against Charlotte. Remember, Dame's been saying for weeks that his jumper felt good. One of the biggest differences in the last two games is that they simply started going in. He was 14 of 28. That's an even 50% for you math whizzes out there. Uh, 14 of 28 shooting outside the paint versus the Hornets and the Grizzlies. But big picture, what's far more telling of Lillard getting back to his all-NBA self is the verve and variety with which he scored and created open looks for his teammates. Dame's hitting pull-up triples when the defense doesn't meet him high enough on the other side of ball screens. He's getting in the mid-range for quick pull-ups and filthy step-backs. He's attacking his primary defender's high foot with hesitations and his signature right-to-left-between-the-legs crossover, increasing the paint to finish or draw extra defenders that initiate ping-ping passing sequences. He's moving really well off the ball, cutting aggressively back door when defenders are are top-locking him off the ball. He's ISO, he's getting back to ISO wing in the corner off sideline out of bounds plays. He's even proving way too quick for quality defenders like DeAnthony Melton and Cody Martin in that scenario. And then he also took Terry Rozier down to the left block against Charlotte for a swooping finish on the other side of the rim. That's a, that's really telling of, of how, of how well and fresh Dame is feeling physically. But one of the most notable aspects of Dame's performance in both of Portland's wins was just the pointed aggression he came out with in the first quarter. And like he said after the game, it was no accident. Let's go to the man himself. Our coaches, they've been on me about, you know, to start a game, come out in attack mode, you know, come out and, and just be super aggressive. Um, and, you know, that's what's going to get our team going. And I've just been trying to come out and be aggressive and do just that. And I think when you do that, teams – they're going to come at me harder. You know, they're going to give me a little more attention. They're going to guard me harder. And that puts me in a position to be more disruptive, you know, maybe not scoring the ball so much, but it's drawing two guys, kicking it ahead, hitting the roll guy, hitting the weak side, passing it ahead out of double teams and um, basically attacking them where they had a disadvantage and guys getting quality opportunities. And um, that's kind of what it became. You know, I, I felt like I had a, a lot of space and a lot of opportunity the beginning part of the game and as the game went on they was chasing me harder they were getting closer to me they were helping you know quicker than they did early in the game and that kind of led to to other things you know not always an assist or something you know where it would show up on a stat sheet for me but it was just like if I get the ball out we got an advantage and we can make something happen so um, guys stepped up and, and played really well Norm had a great game um, Larry did a lot of things that may not show up on the stat sheet Nas Rocco, I mean, Ant had a few big plays. It was just so many things um, happening in the last three quarters of the game where guys kind of stepped in and did what we needed them to do for us to win a game like this. Now, just like Dame said, we saw both the Hornets and the Grizzlies treat him much differently defensively after his stellar start. Charlotte even resorted to running two extra defenders at him in the fourth quarter to get the ball out of his hands, while Memphis just further dialed up the pressure to bring the screeners man higher up the floor and essentially face guard Lillard with Dylan Brooks away from the play. 
In the Grizzlies game, Portland spammed the same staggered screening action for Lillard on three straight possessions in crunch time. Each play began with Norman Powell bringing the ball up the floor, then veering towards the right, pitching to Lillard on the right wing. Powell then followed his pass into a ball screen as Nasir Little set up behind him for the second screen of a staggered pick-and-roll action. The goal was to get Lillard some breathing room going downhill, the Blazers knowing that the Grizzlies wouldn't switch Tyus Jones, who was guarding Lillard, onto the ball. That set only got the Blazers a couple scores, both of which came came on kickouts to Powell on the right wing, but is indicative of how Lillard constantly bends defenses to his teammates' advantage. But like we touched on last week while discussing all the on-off data that portrays Lillard as Portland's offensive bellwether, that's the case even when he doesn't have it going. Defenses fear and react to him almost as much as any player in basketball. Now, they made headlines after the Charlotte game by calling out local media for what he deemed disrespectful coverage of he and the Blazers in the season's early going. He did have a point. All too often, Lillard's personal struggles haven't been portrayed in the media with the caveats that he's playing through a nagging abdominal injury, acclimating to a new offensive system on the fly, and yet he still remains one of the most impactful players in all of basketball. Lillard's plus 8.5 net offensive rating ranks in the 89th percentile among all players league-wide. That's from Cleaning the Glass. But an even better encapsulation of his influence is how Portland fares in the half court with and without him. The Blazers' half court offensive rating, rating is a whopping 16 and a half, 16.5 points better when Lillard is in the game. That's the best mark in the entire league. And that's again from cleaning glass. The Blazers have deserved much of the criticism that's come their way this season. The coverage of Lillard's substandard play hasn't been quite as fair. There are many, many reasons why he struggled out of the gate this season, yet his labors were rarely discussed in the context of those mitigating factors. Now that he's healthy and seems to have found his jumper, Lillard won't have to worry much about how he's being portrayed in the media. The level he played out against Charlotte and Memphis doesn't just speak for itself, but it's high enough to turn the Blazers' entire season around. Will it lead to a title? Almost certainly not, but it should get the Blazers right back into realistic playoff contention in the West. Here's, here's hoping he's able to keep it up going forward, but either way, we'll be here all season to talking Trailblazers to shed light on what's really happening. That's going to do it for us this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. In the meantime, you can follow all of my Trailblazers coverage at Clutch, at Clutch Points and on Twitter at Armstrong Winter. Enjoy the holiday season with family, friends, and loved ones, and be sure to stay safe out there.